Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. Um, we're going to start this show with um, our thoughts um, on the passing last week of uh, DMX, legendary rapper, first ballot rap hall of famer, um, a person that dominated the late 90s in a way few rappers have ever dominated their primes. Um, and he was... He was uh, a person that now, um, looking back on it, um, close to 20 years later, um, a person that was more like, instead of a, a, um, ubiquitous figure, more of a comet that just like, uh, it just had to shine bright and just like, you know, went by in, in this, in the span of a night, almost, um, the way he was here and was everywhere. And then, you know, um, was gone. Um, and as far as his music, um, I gotta say, uh, versus is was a really fortunate thing. Um, uh, as far as all the terrible things from the last couple of years, um, people sitting around and watching versus and um, it becoming a thing and seeing people kind of get their flowers for you know, um, as as we were all saying before um, anything happened, it's almost like they're for a lot of ways almost like the people's induction into the Hall of Fame almost like. You're a legend. You were able to have your speech or your sign off or whatever else people to recognize you. And then after that, um, maybe it's, you know, some type of like reunion tour or anniversary tours, whatever else. But, you know, this is where people this is where people get to give you your love and for a lot of people to see you. And we haven't seen DMX. In a, we haven't seen DMX aside from little parts, bits in there and funny things, anecdotes um, in a while. And to see him up there with Snoop Dogg and him going toe-to-toe with Snoop Dogg, who can get damn near any motherfucker on the right day out of there in history of rap um, in a versus uh, format. This shows you, like, what this man accomplished in, what, five albums? Um, he'll dearly be missed. Uh, he's one of my favorite rappers of all time. Um, he probably, um, for me, is the first rapper that I truly, uh, like, took a interest in as far as like being a real fan of his that was more of a it was more based off of the passion and the heart and the sincerity than it was the actual skill as a rapper not to say that dmx wasn't a great rapper he absolutely was he wasn't necessarily a lyrical miracle like a kendrick lamar or andre 3000 but he absolutely had his own flow he's a one of one and um it was really sad news to see on over the you know from I think it was like Wednesday to Friday and to see the official news that he was gone, um, it, it really sucked. Um, Rich, uh, what what, are you, what thoughts do you have on it? <sighs> um, very sad, man. Um, X is like someone that always seemed like just a real person within the rap game, and you feel like you you knew X through how personal he was in his music and how vulnerable he was. Um, The kids that grew up a little bit worse than me, like DMX a little bit more than I did. Um, But like, and and the reason was always like the same. It was like, you know, you know, we in the hood, we, we struggling and, you know, and he's speaking for us or whatever. I liked X kind of on a surface level, like through like a lot of his singles, like, you know, everybody knows him um he died on my birthday which was 
kind of like not fun. Uh, here I am celebrating life and, you know, I, I'm sitting with, uh, my little sister Brazil at like a lunch. We're just sitting there talking and then I get the notification to come through and like the whole mood changes and man, I immediately ran, uh, back to my recording setup to record like, uh, uh, in tribute freestyle to him over to get, get at me dog beat because I just felt like, you know, if he died on my birthday, it was the least I can do. And, you know, that's up on my YouTube channel if y'all want to check it out. But, um, I, uh, like I said, X wasn't like my favorite rapper by any means, but it, you just see someone that goes through the pain that he went through and you hear about how he got hooked on, you know, he, he, how his drug addiction began. Um, it's, it's really sad and he's a tragic figure. But at the same time, he's a he's a triumphant figure because he was he was a soldier in the war against the, the, the shiny suit rap. He was, you know, someone that for that five year run that just always had joints, lots of them. And while I was more, you know, down with like the Jay-Z side and stuff like that, like it was just X's voice is just so powerful. Um. I think he, you know, he obviously, you know, he had his time and he didn't necessarily adopt well, um, you know, to how music changed. But I think had he stuck around, he was going to get some type of run. Um, he happened to have been making an album before he died with, you know, a lot of high profile features on it and stuff like that. And I think he was going to get something in the follow-up of the verses because the verses um and we did a like we did a uh you know big breakdown of it at the time y'all can go check it out on the archives if you don't remember i'll link to Uh, it um it really reintroduced him i think to a lot of people and introduced him to a lot of people like yo how is he standing in there with snoop dogg like this and we always just every time we saw x we just hoped nothing would happen to him and and he looked good um, that night in the verses and it's something I'll always remember because I, you know, watched it live as it was happening and it was just like these are our legends and he's only 50. He died at 50 years old much like Michael Jackson died at 50 years old also um, and it was it's just like the genre of rap is so young still relatively it's like jay-z's like older than that like it, it could have been anybody and um i know x like he had a he had the issues like with the with the od he had a heart attack i believe he tested positive for covid while he was in um you know hospital care so it wasn't uh, the easiest end for x but x is always going to be here through his music um you know him and swiss beats was an electric you know combination uh, much like, you know, a Dr. Dre and Snoop of the East Coast almost. And it was uh, it, it was not a good day when I saw DMX died. It, it just made me sad. And I, I thought about, you know, times I would I used to rap over DMX beats back in like 2004 and then knew I had to like, you know, come with it or else don't do it. So, uh, yeah, man, 
really sad and you know I, I feel for you know all his people that were around him his uh, kids and rap fans fans of rap and fans of his everywhere because his music helped a lot of people get through whatever you know they were going through in life in, in a lot of cases yeah um one of my bigger regrets as a as a you know you get a kid you become a like a teenager and you try to go to do certain things whatever else um like when they did the uh up and smoke tour i always wanted to go and couldn't go um when they did the when they did the rough riders cash money tour i always wanted to fucking go couldn't go. I was in middle school at that point. At that point in time, there was nobody I could really go with. Alex wasn't old enough to, you know, like you know, dr- be able to drive himself to even do that sort of thing. To where he'd be like, "Well, I'll I'll go with Alex." I couldn't even like do one of those things uh, with my older cousin. Um, man, it, it's really sucked. Like he was, he's absolutely one of those people that um, you had to have been there. And it's 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 really weird that we have. Um, people like him like 50 years old and like he's in that same time frame of like the Randy Moss is the um Allen Iversons these these um people that are pretty much children like gen gen Xers basically after you know kids after um civil rights pass and um Like they're very they're very interesting cases for the humanity of black people in their own like their own way as adolescents, right? Like his story of being the child of a twenty year old woman and a I think an eighteen year old uh, um, father, and the father leaves, and um, like the abuse he he suffered in like being in and out of half, like halfway houses and foster I don't say it was necessarily foster care, but um, that sort of stuff and you know him being a runaway at times and like him then resorting to street life and then the dr- and then drugs and you know being a stick up kid like it's just it was all in his music and um, I never read his book I know Alex has his book he was, he didn't, I remember him telling me you know what he what he took from it at the time um, but. That was a dude that went through a lot, um, and that's the and that's the thing when we talk about when with artists in, that are so personal about their lives is like when they give you what they have, and you know then they don't like necessarily acclimate to the to the model that we normally expect from people like DMX, like a Lauren Hill, like. Um, <clears throat> like other other troubled figures right and people crack jokes and and say what they have to say and it's like that person gave you their pain and it it, you know and it went to the world and you know helped people or whatever else and um i think that is ultimately what i think of when people you know kind of go through it and we're like what's going on is that like the success that they that they have is enough like it's if Lauren Hill never makes another fucking day to uh, to a show that she advertises, so fucking what? Um, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm on right now, and 
Um, I'm just glad that I got to see the DMX versus thing and show people people who were able to show him that amount of love and recognition before you know we obviously we didn't know it was going to happen but at least we got that um i want the footage of the jay-z dmx battle that somebody got somewhere stand on the pool tables um i can you know i it, it sucks, man. It, it just flat out sucks. Um, that someone's life is gonna, you know, end uh, like this at, at fifty years old, um, and you know. But it, it, it's really hard to talk about because X had, you know, X had a lot of issues, man. So it's yeah. like you, you can't say that you, you didn't see it coming or you didn't, you couldn't think this was a possibility. It's just like, man, we enjoyed x while he was here and we enjoyed 1998 1999 2000 you know what these bitches want you know uh you know what's my name you know all you know just all the energy just just the energy and uh the energy never dies like the black eyed peas said (laughs) yeah um I think now we'll just move on to the uh, rest of the show. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Yeah, uh, welcome to One Nation Radio. Uh, WrestleMania week. A lot of wrestling. A lot of wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yes, you watch more wrestling than I did, actually, which is crazy. Or Yeah, actually, yeah, because you actually attended a lot of it um, live. Um, is there anything you want to, like, make give note to before we get into it? Because I, uh, before we end up forgetting as far as things you saw live that you want to give shout-outs out to or recommend to people? John Moxley and Josh Barnett at Bloodsport was fucking awesome. Juice, physicality like unplanned moments shock finish post match go out of your way to see it okay. um for the culture was a fun overall kind of event i wouldn't say there were um you know standout like matches maybe except the main event it was rich Juan and two cold scorpio it was really good to see two cold scorpio he can still actually work and um move and you know do flips and you know pretty much whatever um 
I got to meet Rich Swan. Um, I think it was Saturday night. So uh, he, you know, once again, like I met Rich Swan back in the day, but uh, kind of got formally introduced to him. Um, and um, also, uh, there was a guy named Ninja Mac who was in this five on five match at a, the, I think it was the VXS show Saturday night. Absolutely insane high flyer. Um, get in on the ground floor now. He doesn't look like he should be a high flyer at all. Uh, it's Ooh. just like he jumps up there and it's like, oh my God, he's like a Ricochet Will Osprey type, um, you know, flipper. Uh, and, you know, that instantly, he instantly got over um, with everyone. And, uh, but, you know, it, it, it was kind of a down year uh, for the WrestleMania week stuff. Um, all the stuff was outside at the Cuban Club, kind of a unique venue. I really did like it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good to see uh, a couple folks, you know, shout out to Tom Batista, got to kick it with him. Um, you know, he, he was, he wanted to see you too, James. So, uh, <laughs> I told him James, you know, is in the house. So, um, also, uh, shout out to righteous Ridge. Um, so ran to him, uh, you know, shout out to a cu- couple of people. I, I met a couple of other wrestlers too. Uh, I got introduced to, so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I would probably say the blood sport stuff, like the the main event, Moxley and Burnett for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Shout out to Tom. Yeah. Yeah. He has been on show in a minute, so yeah, we we'll have to get him back. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. a year. Yeah. So um, I guess we move on to WrestleMania. Um, macro level stuff. Um, obviously, we know night one kicked the shadow night two. Um, but what were your thoughts on I guess the weekend for for the main roster? I thought this was a very good WrestleMania, uh, possibly top 10 of all time. I haven't really thought about it, you know, all that close, but, um, I like a lot of the directions, uh, some stuff I have a question about, but I'm over the moon about the main event of night one. Right. Um, I really like the main event of night two to finish was a little heavy handed for me. Um, but I think, um, Obviously, you can throw the fiend in the fucking bin, um, but I, I would say overall, like they showed they they have a very deep roster. They didn't rely on you know too many you know part timers and uh, old people and all that. And it's like they kind of gave us a WrestleMania that we've been asking for uh, for a while. Um, you know, Edge was there, obviously. Uh, Shane was there, but I think that was it, really. Um, and I think that I kind of like the two two night format. I, I don't know if they're going to continue it. Uh, I enjoy not having to watch like a six hour WrestleMania. And, you know, it, I, I think that, you know, they had a good night, a good showing for themselves. And the fans, you know, made a world of difference because they were into a lot of stuff. They were, they were booing some people. They, uh, we're just giving the show, you know, the life that has been missing. Um, I like both main events, obviously. Um, both main events are great. Um, one's a classic, one may be a classic as well. Um, I I had, tr- like, the first two matches on both nights kind of just, it, it, it wasn't there for me. Like, I know a lot of people liked... Um, McIntyre and 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 Lashley, but it didn't it didn't grab me at all. 
Um, and, it, and it probably went too long for the first match um, back, but whatever. Um, the the tag stuff with um, the women's tag stuff was just like was absolutely the worst stuff of, of both nights. Um, well, I aside think, from I think, the Fiend, I think the tags were, I think the women's tag turmoil is an all time bad WrestleMania match. It is. It is. Um, second worst match on both nights. Um, yeah, uh, it, it just like the match between the match on night two for the tag belts was better than it had any right to be, but it still was like an average match at best. Um, and I'm, I'm sure most people would argue that it was below average match. I, I and I'm not really going to argue. It's somewhere between in somewhere in the in the, in the high ones and low two. So whatever. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck are we arguing about? Like you have you call it whatever you want, but um, I I've, I really enjoyed um the mid card some of the mid card stuff like the the Rollins match the um Sheamus match the Owens match I thought that um for this is what we kind of want out of WrestleMania that we haven't been able to get the last few years or haven't gotten enough of I just I'm almost at mind like. A, like, we don't have part-timers. Get Shane the fuck out of here. We could, you can absolutely do a four-hour um, WrestleMania. Y'all just don't want to do it. Um, y'all rather do, you know, three hours of, of or, of, you know, do six hours, split it over two nights. And, like, it's like, <sighs> yeah. But it's like, once you do the three hours, like, there's going to be stuff on the card that I absolutely hate. And I'm going to think, you can just cut this shit down even more. Like, when people talk about, do you, well, do you want a one-night, you know, six-hour thing? It's like, no, I want a one-night, four-hour thing. If you don't make the card for WrestleMania, oh, fucking well. So, especially when you have that dead, that, that lame ducks uh, smackdown on Friday. Put all them shits that, that would have been considered that filler, put that fluff on smackdown with DeAndre just like they did. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's kind of my thought. I thought night one was um, was one of the better nights in WrestleMania ever. Um, I thought night two um, had three matches that I really much enjoyed, and you know one of the worst <laughs> in one of the worst matches of all time um, in the opener. Which is like, why would you start with some, with one of the worst matches of all time as an opener? Like, what kind of get a, get you know start the show on, on a good hot foot? What the fuck is that? That that was a bad cold foot. Fiendism. Um. Yeah. So I guess we can go through uh, individual matches. Yeah. Um, um. Number night first match of night one. Well, let's talk about the rain delay because they start to show oh, up. Yes. They bring. They start to show up. Um. We're from Tampa or Tampa area. Um. Rich probably lives like where you will now. You probably live thirty minutes away. I live twenty five minutes away from Raymond James Tame on on the drive and normal traffic. Um. We're, we're from this area. Rain like that happens where you get thunder and torrential downpour uh, for a short amount of time or for even two hours, and then the sun will be out um, and, and, and like that. Um, that's that's how it is basically from somewhere around Mar- mid-March, late March to October or September. Oh. September, let's say September. Remember Early WrestleMania September. 33? It, it rained uh, during the day before WrestleMania 2. Yeah, just and it stopped right before. Um, so, and that was or that was Orlando. Um, so, but Central Florida is nothing to fuck with when it comes to rain. Like it will happen to you. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I just thought it was weird that they had to delay the show 
for what 40 minutes 40 or 30 to 40 minutes but could get people into the building to sit the fuck down they could assemble on the ramp and do all of that and say hell you know welcome back we missed you blah blah blah, blah and then say hey y'all gotta get the fuck out of here it's like how is that who was the person that was directing safety for that because that makes no sense if they can all sit there uh, for however long it takes for them to assemble on the ramp and talk and, and then disperse, that means that what what did they get around to do that? That makes no sense. Yeah, I I don't I didn't even think about it that hard, but uh, I found the whole delay thing fucking hilarious because we got to get this highly scripted, highly controlled company out of its comfort zone, and they were sending all these people up to, to cut these promos and. Uh, to various varying degrees of good, um, some so which, of them were. Which ones do you think were the best? Because like for me, I wasn't watching any of the pre-show. I just turned it on at, at seven fifty-nine, and it started. And then Vince cussed that thing, and they told everybody to get the hell out of it. And I was like, "Huh?" So I was like in shock, looking at my phone, and then kind of like not paying attention to the promos that they were doing. Because but it, but it just looked like they were just. They were out there vamping. They were seeing people out there vamp, um, yeah. just 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 fill time, just 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 basically eat innings. And what do you think of the promos? Who do you think did good? Who do you, who do you think did bad? I think Biggie and Kevin Owens were good. I think oh. Seth Rollins sucked. He didn't have oh, anything God. to say. Uh, Braun Strowman didn't have anything to say. Uh, it was just like like it was passing that shit around like a cipher. It seemed like. <laughs> It seemed to me that they were throwing basically between two locations and two different interviewers. It was like you're with this person uh, here to, and then as I'm like send it to control, which was like the the, the main announce table, and then send it back to uh, the, the second announce or um, interviewer, and then back to the, and they were passing it back and forth between that. Like it was, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I I'm not gonna watch that, but um, it was funny. It was fun. Okay. Um, yeah, that's good. Or whatever. At least making the best out of bad situation. That's you know. Um, I'm glad that some of these people were, were actually able to show that they can, you know, actually talk on their own without handed scripts or, you know, you know, people telling them exactly what to say. So um, that's what you want to see. Like, hopefully, um, some of the people that did good doing this stuff will be able to get more. But it seems like the people that you already know can do it are the people that shine the most. Um, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, let's get to the first match. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus um, Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Um, what do you think of this match, Rich? I liked it. Um, liked the finish, too. I was I was kind of shocked that, that Lashley retained. Um, kind of makes the Miz booking look a little weird now. Unnecessary? Like, what a, yeah. Like, why can't Lashley just, like, win the belt from him? I don't know. Um can't can't be crowning no you know Bobby Lashley here at WrestleMania is not his crowning moment, but um I yeah I I liked that I thought it was a you know nice heavyweight match and um I'm you know I'm into the Drew and Lashley pairing. I was disappointed in this match. Like I I liked their match from last year. Um, that was I think it was might have been Extreme Rules. I don't even remember, but like I liked that match better. Um, it was also shorter. I, it, it it felt like there was no um, urgency. I did like the finish though, where um, he gets strapped in the in the full Nelson, 
he tries to kick off the ropes for a pin and Bobby rolls through with it and he has he has nowhere to go so he passes out and Bobby retains like you know me I always talk about this all the time Hills don't have to fucking win by um by uh nefarious means all the time like sometimes you can have Hills just just win and you can have baby faces just lose because like you win some you lose some like it's not a, some foregone conclusion that the hill or the baby face is better than the hill all the fucking time like sometimes you, you got to get them something so um the way he lost given does WWE makes me think that like McIntyre could be um could be we, and we'll talk about this later on but like could be the person that ends up facing um Roman on Smackdown later on in the year but um but but because that felt really like one of those he lost and he's leaving the territory type things that Vince likes to do. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I was disappointed in the match. Maybe I'll watch it back someday and I'll change my mind. But, like, I, it wasn't <laughs> what I was looking for at the time. Um, next match. <sighs> All-time for, bad. Has a 2.92 on cage match. Um, Yikes. The uh, gauntlet match, it was... Jesus Christ. It was so many people. It was Riot Squad versus uh, Liv in... I'm sorry, Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina versus Dana and Mandy Rose versus who else am I forgetting? Oh, uh, Lana, Naomi. Lana and, and Naomi. Yeah, Lana and, and Naomi. Billy Kay and Carmella. Yeah, that's right. Um, some funny things with interests. Um, you have Billy Kay pull, holding up the the sheet for Carmella, like similar to her big um, Emelina thing that she was doing. Uh, uh, I, you got, I, I was I was digging uh, Carmella's gear. Were you digging the? Never mind. Uh, what was on her head? I don't remember. She it. I'm I'm not. It, I'm trying to think of how to how 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 to say this. Um, it made me think she was about to go to sleep. Oh man. And. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it was a bonnet because it absolutely wasn't. But <laughs> it was bonnet adjacent. It was something between, like whatever, whatever there is. If there's a thing that exists that is some part bonnet, some part do rag. That was it. But I don't know what the fuck it was. But anyway, um, you also because it was um raining and people had issues with um with humidity and it being slick out there. Um, Mandy Rose, when she comes down, she slit, she, her feet slid from underneath her and she dropped right on her ass and she got Bruh, embarrassed. Um, this shit, this shit felt like the Wendy Williams where you saw it happening <laughs> in slow motion and you knew it was happening or whatever, but you wasn't sure if it was actually going to fall, but they did. Yeah. Um, later on in the night, um, on Twitter, Mandy Rose posted a, a backstage thing where she's like, you know, she's sitting there looking cute and looking to the camera, and then Titus walks up to on her, and he she goes, "You all right?" <laughs> and I fucking howled because you know the greatest Royal Rumble when he damn near died, like slipping and running yep. down, slipping and almost hitting his head first into the bottom um, of the of the uh, of the of the ring, and they made a huge deal about that. Like it, it was like, yeah, like welcome to the club, welcome. You know, um, yeah. you are now part of this uh, of this of this exclusive club. Um, so, my prediction glad- was correct. Natalia and Tamina. Yes, yes, you were correct. No, no, Naomi, no Lana. Lana will not get her comeuppance on Shayna and uh, Tamina. Yeah, man, this match stunk. It did. It was horrible. Yeah. It, it was. It was just bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Like, 
Well, I can't believe well, I can't believe I saw um I think it was Sean Ross Hap say something like the Riot Squad can be like this generation's jumping bomb angels if uh, WWE me, just believes what? in them. Yes. This this is a real tweet that exists. Um I think people need to stop the lunacy. Um when I was watching this match, I was like, Are you serious? I was like, This is the division that you know, uh, the AEW women's division isn't better than, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> like I thought this was absolutely atrocious. And, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that because, you know, I, I've turned over a new leaf. I don't want to like, get too like, negative here. Like, you watch that, and then you look at, like, Oh, they had Mercedes. Uh, they had Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm tagging together. They have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart tagging together. They have Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae tagging together. They have, uh, I'm sorry. They have. Uh, oh my God, what's uh, the small girls? The very very small girls. Ricochet's yeah, girlfriend. Casey and they have Casey uh, and Kane together as a tag team. Is like. All those tag teams, except for maybe the Indy and uh, Caden, or Indy and uh, Candice one, are better than the tag teams that were in this thing. Like you, you didn't think of like just throwing them out there. Like no, con- Tony's Tormin and um, Mercedes Martinez couldn't have made this match better. No, no. Okay, nah. thanks. Nah, um, so <laughs> Ember Moon, nah, I can't make that match better. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, the <laughs> Natalya and Tamina won. Uh, I think are they the two longest tenured uh, women's wrestlers uh, in the company, or or do we kind of like Mickey James? I would count Mickey James, but, but she left, so she yeah, so that she tenure don't that, the clock, True. you know. Yeah, it be it's got to be Natalia and Tamina in that case. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, so anyway, they go ser- to the next serving time. that demo. Serving that demo. <laughs> you know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not even going to pretend, but it sounds funny. Um, you know, men thirty five, <laughs> men thirty five and up. You know, so this is this is this is Team Milf. This is what you're telling me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is the Milf team. Oh yes. Okay. You know, I'll you know, be- like 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 Mandy and Dana, they they hitting a certain certain demo. You so, know, the, the the Riot Squad hitting a little, uh, you know, a certain demo. You know, the the, the young like punks kind of, and you know, if it, look, Vince know what he's doing. No, he doesn't. Because if that is the, never mind. All, all I'm gonna say is this: if if that is indeed what they're doing, they need to pull um, Mickey James out of mothballs. What the fuck are they doing? But whatever. Um, we can move on and talk about Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Um, we've seen them wrestle each other in different uh, situations for the past, or not for not for that long, but like at different spots uh, of the calendar um, throughout different years over the years. Um, they've they're well they they're well familiar with each other. They have chemistry. Um, I thought this was another one of their very good matches that they that they've never had a great match that was a singles match. Um, I I felt like this was a very good TV match that if this was, or if this was in front of um a crowd like this is one of those ones where it's like nothing really matters for a Seth Rollins match until you get to the Falcon Arrow and then they had the Falcon Arrow and then. Um, you know, they did work on Cesaro's arm and he was having trouble with doing all this Superman stuff. So eventually that was the thing. Like, is he going to hulk up and power out through the, the pain and spin him around and sure that's what happened and he ended up getting the win. 
Um, I didn't think this was some super match, but a lot of people did, and I was surprised. I don't. I, I may have to go rewatch this given the score. Like I, I have to think about it because like Josh loved it. A lot of people, you know, loved it a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was some like super duper match or anything. I think people were really just happy about Cesaro winning personally, that and that's it. like and that's boosting it up for him. But um, it was cool to see his UFO and all that. But um, you know, I thought I thought it was just a a good match, a, a nice solid match to fill out the card. Um, and you know, I think WrestleManias need those. Yeah, like that's what we rave about. Like. You think of like WrestleMania 31, like that Seth Rollins and Orton match, where it's like you need like the 10 minute banger, and this was one of those match. This thing just went a little longer than that, but like okay, so it went 12, about 12 minutes. But like that match, the Riddle match, the Kevin Owens match, you need those matches to like buoy what are, you know what hopefully is a main event that knocks out the park. And both nights had the main event that knocked out the park. You just wish you had a little bit more of these, or if you wish like all of that stuff was all on one card, and you say this is like the greatest fucking WrestleMania ever. <laughs> um, I, the only thing is, I you know Cesaro getting to win here. I don't know what it means. It may mean no. nothing. So yeah. it's you know I I don't I don't trust them. So. I, don't, I mean I'm look it's Cesaro. It's um and, and I mean he's forty. Like I, I right. mean like bro, like everybody's like going nuts over this shit it's like bro how long has he been in wwe right like, since 2012 on, at least like he's been a man like, since 2012 like this is not no new person like this is like man won a a mid-card 10 minute match at wrestlemania right cool it yeah like i'm not uh, you know like i don't watch the show to figure out if, if this is going to happen i'm just watching their big show so but i will say like it did what it was supposed to do for me like i had fun watching it and like whatever they do with that is like well if they screw it up it's like were you shocked right you know like if he you know i'd be more surprised quite frankly if he was a person that's like has the next uh program with roman reigns on on smackdown that's where i go could be i mean could be because it's like uh, you you got him you know some wins he beat daniel bryan before he has his match with Seth Rollins. Beats a, a former or future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer type person. Put him out there with to get screwed over by Jey Uso and, and get choked out. Yeah, like come, <laughs> go get go get screwed by this by this by the Tribal Chief. Uh, and then you know, also you know they could do the tag matches on TV like him and Roman and, and Jay with uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke. So um, or Shin as as um. The Good God, please. Michael Cole calls him. So, like, yeah, that could be a program. They could absolutely do that. Next match, uh, AJ Styles and Omos versus The New Day. Um, well, we need to – I was talking to Dave Fennishow. We need to change his name to Almost the Giant and quit playing. <laughs> Almost the Giant. <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Um, yeah, man, like – this match reminded me of the um, the Dusty Cup um, final from Valentine's or Vengeance Day, where you have a heel team and a babyface team. On the heel team, you have this dominant force, and basically they work in a match in reverse where the babyface babyface is getting heat on this on this heel because they don't want to let the monster get out the cage because if the monster gets out the cage, it's a L. Um, and in similar fashion, like they beat the hell out of, uh, Dakota, they beat the hell out of AJ and once we're killing and almost got in, 
the, t- it, the tables turned quickly and they were dominant and they beat the shit out of people and it was fun. Like obviously Raquel did more than than almost did, but when you when you are that size, you ain't got to do much. We, we Bro, saw this a couple weeks ago with everything uh, almost did. Everything almost did was a meme, right? Like everything. Like That's, he was fucking hilarious. Yes. Like. Like it was, you know, you started hearing him talk a little bit, and then you would see him like move his head, and he just, he just won over the people. Like for months, we knew he had because of his size and the fact that he was so um, stoic of a figure. We knew that he had presence. It felt like it was there, right? He also dressed pretty nicely, right? Mm-hmm. But once he got into the ring and you saw the charisma, we were like, oh, it's on, like it. It, I don't give a damn how good of a wrestler he is yet. If you can protect him, you can keep him and have him wrestle maybe like, what, five times a year, four times a year. There's no reason why they can't treat him how they treated like the early Strowman, like the 2017 Strowman at the beginning. Like, you can do that and, and have some nice, you know, Bro. stuff with him and fun things to do with him on TV with, with crazy acts of strength and everything else and make him Look. bigger than life. You can you can absolutely do that with him. They did it with Strowman, they can do it with him. He's got charisma, so what I would do is lock him in a room and make him watch Psycho Sid vicious tapes <laughs> as much as possible. Wait, watch. for promos? No, just just overall like, you know, presence and like uh Sid was, you know, surprisingly coordinated with the right opponents and uh I think he he just had it. Like if if you put some of that Sid into him, and I think we can get something very enjoyable out of almost, even if it's just funny. I don't want almost picking up anything from Sid that ain't got any, that has to do with anything in the ring. <laughs> if it's promos, if it's charisma, if it's got how it. to be a heater, that sort of thing, to try to figure out how to connect to the crowd, sure. But but bell to bell, absolutely not. Stay away. Don't look. This is why they shut down. This is why they shut down the network. <laughs> this why they. This why you can't get to none of this shit on Peacock. This is like, oh no, he might learn the wrong things. Shut this shit down. So, uh, yeah, man. Like, I think, I think, I think they're gonna have a nice. Um, they're gonna have some nice things to do with him in the future. Um, you know, he's been around shit since what Raw Underground, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like this has been building towards that. So um, you know, we we often, you know, rightfully give WWE shit when they don't figure out how to handle certain things. They they handle this appropriately. This is this was um one of the better things of uh both shows in my opinion. Um they they might have somebody in. You know, you have AJ, he's going to be in this role and doing this thing and it's going to be easy for him and he can keep raking in that cash. Good for AJ Styles. <laughs> Yeah, AJ AJ Styles for all them years stuck around Dixie Carter and that bullshit. Like this man is this man is this like these last five years back back under Brinks. Yeah, man, this this the game has completely came to AJ Styles over the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> like like we you know you talk about like um uh trying to think of uh, somebody um hmm. Okay, so you look at Sheamus, right? Like, you look at how Sheamus has performed now, or this year, right? How he's had a renaissance by basically wrestling, uh, basically a, a, 
a faster paced version of like what he's always been it's because like the game in wrestling what people really like in wrestling has came to him like as far as like the connections and the things that AJ Styles did like it's all came to him. Like he's always gonna have leverage to make millions of dollars on it on WWE. He could be in WWE forever. He's the first Battle Hall of Fame race off of all stuff he's already done. He's always gonna be um, featured or whatever else. He ain't even gotta kill himself like he was doing those first two years in WWE anymore. He's got it made in the shade. He can put his feet up. He's on vacation oh, now. Yeah, he's he's yeah. He we, won. We 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 know what's going on. Right. Um. um so next match, <laughs> Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in the you dumb motherfucker cage match. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> this match stunk. Yeah, it was a two. It was had three spots, but outside of that, this match stunk. Yeah, bro, I, I have no. I offer no analysis on this. Like, yeah, um, like fuck out of here. Like, I'm like, I'm not analyzing no Shane McMahon match. They jumped them with uh, Jackson Riker and. Um, or they, they jumped Stroman with Jackson Riker and Elias WrestleMania uh, right checks before, <laughs> right before right before uh, Stroman got into the ring um, they hit him uh, with chairs uh, they targeted his leg uh, Shane tried to work the leg but Shane is a backyarder so it wasn't that effective plus Braun's a monster um, Shane tried to escape at one point actually was out of there and was halfway down on the other side of the of the uh, Cage before he wanted to stupidly stick his hand out there and wave bye. He he he's looking at Braun Strowman. I guess he didn't realize Braun Strowman was getting up and walking towards him. Braun Strowman grabs his hand um, and then snatches him, and then he rips off. Uh, he rips down the cage from the out from the outside in, pulls Shane back into the ring, sh- takes Shane up to the top, and then he choke he choke throws Shane. Shane goes spinning and lands on the floor and and then Braun instead of escaping or walking out the cage after he's already gotten rid of uh, Riker and Elias just says yeah I know you just fell uh, 15 feet or whatever else fuck that or 16 feet fuck that hold his power slam he beat that man with his finish Triple H Triple H politics there outstanding work um so Braun I guess this is Braun Biggs win at Wrestlemania for his career now that's his biggest win we talked about how goofy AJ Styles' WrestleMania career is. Yeah. Like Braun Strowman's is like Nicholas. another level. Yep. A whole nother level. Yep. Like getting completely left off yep. uh, for no reason. Put put in an Andre for yep. no reason. Teaming Nicholas. with children. Yes. Uh, uh, Shane McMahon. Beating Goldberg like, out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Beating Goldberg. Yes. For the bell. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, you write that down on paper and you're like, all right, man. Right. Who, like, like, like in comparison to someone like uh, Triple H, for right. example, Five or Shawn Michaels, it seems like they've got oh, okay, all oh, this makes sense. But then, like, it's like, hold on, they booked this these five years in a crack house. Like, like, bro, there's no other explanation, bro. Five years. We're gonna have to explain to whatever new fans are that like, or to people that like, Braun Strowman was like one of the hottest acts in 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 the world in 2017, and people bro. were like, what? I don't believe and, it, bro. And, and the thing is, now he's in even better shape now, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't fucking matter because yeah. they ruined him. Yeah, yeah. Um, choo choo, motherfucker! Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, celebrity tag team match: Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Um, to be quite honest with you, I did not know what night this this match was going to be on. So when I saw Bunny's 
run down to the ring, my first thought was Adam Rose. And then I thought, oh my God, is this part of The Fiend's entrance? And then it turned out that it is Miz doing his parody um, fake reggaeton thing, like very similar to what he did a year ago with the Street Profits, I believe. Um, and it, and it, whatever, it stunk. Damian Priest came down. Um, and then Bad Bunny showed up. Looked like a fucking star. Yeah, yeah. Brought this look. Brought the semi through like like on some diesel, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Big Show shit. Came out to some crank. Yeah, Um, I think is that the Booker T song? I think it was just the instrumental, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Yeah. that beats hard. Um, Came down, and they had the match. And the match starts out um, where Bad Bunny's in the ring. Um, and he, he's in there and they get heat on him. And the funny thing is like, you know, Miz, we talk, you know, people talk about how Miz is, um, about Miz looks like he doesn't belong or whatever else. And I was talking about his skills, but like Miz at the end of the day is a pretty, for an average person is a big dude. Right. So when you have bad him in the ring with bad bunny, you also have Morris on the side and them two dudes have are very good physiques for the average human, um, human being, especially Morris Morris and looks like a Greek God. And you have Bad Bunny, who is small. It was like, look at these, look at this guy, this random person in here with these two actual wrestlers. So it was a mm-hmm. weird, it, you know, obviously it was the, the, just the physique differences was stood out to you. So like, for me, the heat worked. Um, I thought Bad Bunny threw bad punches, but the match kept going. They kept doing more things. It was like, okay, now like the the training and whatever they've been going over is actually coming into place. Um, and you know, basically it was all to set up a hot tag for Damian Priest. Damian Priest runs wild. And um, he traded some near falls like it was in doubt. And then ultimately, by the end, you end up with Bad Bunny outside of the ring with John Morrison. And John Morrison puts him on his back, and he Canadian destroys himself. And everybody looks shook and shocked because, like, I guess people don't really recognize, like, what that move is when people do mm-hmm. Canadian destroyers. Like, nah, that person, the person that's getting it done to him is doing it to themselves more than it is anybody doing anything. But whatever. It was impressive. Um, Damian Priest uh, lays out Miz. I think he ends up tagging in Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny ends up hitting a, I think it's a splash for the win. Um, for celebrity uh, WrestleMania thing, this is, about, this is on the upper echelon of celebrity matches in WrestleMania history. So I saw the entrance, um, and then like I fell asleep mm-hmm. until the very end. I did see the Canadian Destroyer forward, but everything I'm hearing, it was like a very enjoyable uh, moment. Yeah, um, I think it, it was already. Rousey. It wasn't Rousey by any means. It wasn't even close because Rousey was out of his world. But um, compared to like people like Snooki or um, trying to think of other people we've had out there, uh, let's say hell, let's say like Jane Leno or or whatever else. Like <laughs> we for for our celebrities and matches, this is one of the very best we've ever had. So like um, it's been a good year for that with with, uh, with wrestling between the Shaq shit with with Bad Bunny is like. A lot of, lot of rookie of the year candidates for the observer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I hear they've already started like uh, deconstructing Damian Priest on Raw uh, already. So, oh, um, yeah. So I, I think he lost to like a distraction roll up or some shit like a geek tonight. So uh, they, they just couldn't wait. Soon as Bad Bunny was gone, you know. So um, apparently. Damian Priest was injured, so that's the reason why the match was billed as a singles match at first, even though originally it was supposed to be a tag match. They didn't know if he was actually going to be able to make it, and he actually got cleared, um, I guess, this weekend. So that's why, like, if you look at... Uh, Good for post, him. When you see, like, the the, 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 the on the on the stadium, 
they actually had um you know bad bunny priest and then miz and morrison and it's on it listed it said bad bunny with damian priest miz versus miz with john morrison because they didn't know what it was going to be so but there's yeah. nice wording because like, it could have been either or so um i'm glad they kept, they kept themselves open for that situation to make it work out and here we yeah. go i i think i undersold it but like i said bad bunny felt like a fucking star yes. during yeah. his entrance yeah um happy for him this is yeah, memory like this is a dude that is shown love to to pro wrestling for a long time like he in these music videos years ago he'd be out there with eddie guerrero latina heat shirt on and um you know like you mentioned the the booker t um, having flair in the video yep that's right yeah like that that was, was that back when um when even like flair was doing like the migo stuff too so this is like maybe like 2018 shit. That. Yeah, yeah so yeah yeah like he's been doing this for a long time i remember when he had um um undertaker on one of his uh uh, promo commercials or, or um, tour commercials talking about mm-hmm. um, yeah you need to call it with number three I was like what the fuck is Undertaker know about Bad Bunny at the time but you know whatever but I'm happy for him this dude that you know has shown love and they showed it back and this is one of the success stories of that kind of relationship of celebrity and uh, you know Wrestlemania and WWE like it worked for months it worked uh, so now let's get to it the SmackDown Women's title match between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. <sighs> Boy, a great fucking match. Um, this, this is the best women's match in WrestleMania history. There's nothing even close. Nothing even close. Nothing even close. Uh, one, so. of, one of the greatest WrestleMania main events ever. Yep. I'm five stars on it, and I don't give a fuck. Um... I thought this was a Sasha Banks masterpiece leading around Bianca, who more than held her own physically. Um, I think Sasha's sealed up the greatest woman to ever wrestle in this company. Um, You know, I I think she, like, this was just a a flat-out classic. Uh, They didn't do any, like, overly long bullshit drama at the end. Uh, It was 17 minutes in and out insane pace in the match great spots um and it was just it was a masterful performance and i couldn't have been more proud to watch it and having you know uh met bianca Belair once and you know i you know pretty much told her i was like thank you for being you and we need you and she she seemed like she knew exactly what i meant we share a birthday so i it was just after her birthday like one day later so uh, I, I was very excited uh, to see her you know get that chance she had never been in a position like that we talked about it as far as even being on pay-per-view as a single Wrestlemania main event that's a whole another level of pressure and it just worked out and I think Sasha just like really like I feel like I can talk about Sasha like romantically almost now, just like the legend that this, I feel like made her and she's and six at WrestleMania now, but it almost like, doesn't like you don't even think about it now. Like with, with that, like at least with this match, because it's like, it just felt so, so big and so right. And it, like I said, it was, it was everything I wanted. 
It absolutely sucks that she's 0-6 at WrestleMania. However, she was in, what, two of the three greatest WrestleMania women's matches of all time. So, you know, you, it, it, it's not like she's out here just getting roadhouse, right? Like, she's she's in these things and she's putting people over. And, yes, I would have loved her to have her moment times three by now. But... Um, as far as being the wins caller, the wins column in kayfabe, and but there's still time. Remember, she's not even 30 yet. I think she's 28, whatever, or 29. I can't remember, but um, me and you, um, in 2017, watched and covered the May Young Classic in the first main event of the first show, of the first episode, was Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair. And... W- or the after- second round. The, the, the second round was was their match. You're right. The first right, one right. was Kyrie versus Tessa. You're right. You're right. You're right. Second round. Because, uh, yeah, Bianca threw, beat somebody up really quick. I'm sorry. So, one of the main events was um, of one of the episodes was um, Kyrie versus um, Bianca. And they had a great fucking match at that point in time, and that was Bianca's first match televised. And she had to play the hill because she was much bigger than Kyrie, and she beat on her, and she used the hair whoop, and Kyrie sold like crazy because I bet that shit hurt. <laughs> but either way, at that point in time, she I think she dropped at 450 in that match. I think Kyrie may have moved out the way, or, or she kicked. I can't remember, but you, you saw it. It was all there, and you saw the strength on display. And... Um, Kyrie ended up, you know, that ended up being her run of matches, and then she ended up in the final, and, um, you know, you go to a year later, or not even a year later, um, when they went to Evolution, um, uh, yeah, so when they went to Evolution, they, uh, Ky- or the, when they were showing people in from the Mae Young Classic that first year, the stars or whatever else, they made sure to show. Oh, I'm, I'm screwing up yours. I'm sorry. The final that was after that SmackDown where uh, Stephanie slapped, or sorry, where uh, Kevin Owens uh, headbutted Vince when they had the final of that night, and they showed people that were like the the you know the, the stars that were sitting in ringside didn't advance to the final for for Kyrie versus Shayna. They made sure that they had Candice Array and Mercedes Martinez and maybe Viper, maybe Tony Storm, but Bianca Belair was definitely there. Um. To let you know, like, these were the people that we gave stuff to, to for you to remember throughout the tournament. And it worked out to, perf- to perfection as far as from a booking standpoint. You go to a year later with Evolution. Like, the May Young Classic people that were there in the NXT years, they made sure that Bianca was there. Even though she didn't have a match on that fucking card, they made sure that she was there. And, it, and she she wore that pink uh, pants that I remember because when they showed, when they, at the end of the night, when Rhea beat, um, I'm sorry, when Ronda had beat Nikki. Um, and she ran up to the with the crowd and celebrated with everybody. You can see Bianca there because she was looking at, and she's in that pants suit. They have had her in these places, known known the potential, known the athleticism, known the the promise and the charisma and the promo and the personality. They have known for a long fucking time. I halfway think that she didn't win the NXT Women's Title because of how Vince is when it comes to not wanting to book things the way that Triple H booked them and being nuts. So. Um, Anyway, she last year in the Rumble or two years ago in the Rumble um, set the eliminations record. This year wins it. They did a lot of nothing with her 
um, on her on the main roster for a while, and I was concerned, very concerned about uh, her future outlook and what this was. And then she won the Rumble, and then this 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 build sucked. It absolutely did. It don't matter once you go out there and put on uh, four and a half plus. It don't matter after that. <laughs> it's for the annals. Um, it's one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. Um, I I feel like it's I kind of put it on that same tier as the Daniel Bryan and Kofi match, where it's just like. It's just perfection in the ring, well-paced for a WWE match, um, has all the signature uh, story beats of the veteranness in the ring. Like, that Kofi Daniel Bryan match is very much a Daniel Bryan match um, through and through, the same way this was a Sasha Banks match through and through. And then you throw in the part where the other person, um, the babyface, just, you know, I don't want to say he has to just do, just show up, but... She showed so much athleticism, so much promise, and the whole match was Sasha got desperate after she realized she couldn't young girl her, she couldn't big sis her, she couldn't um, out vet her, and she started grabbing for Bianca's hair. And then by the time you get to the end of it, and she even wrapped her up in the hair trying to do the bank statement, and by the time you get into it, she tried to get to the hair again, and Bianca was like, no, I'm done with this. And she unleashes that whip, that hair whip that we talked about earlier, that she, the first time we saw her, she used that she hasn't really been, that she's been saving um, a lot um, over the years. Only for special occasions she ever bring that thing out. She hits that, that's probably the loudest one I ever heard. And then she hits her up, with the, hits the uh, KLD, it was a great match. Like, the part where they tease the, the you know, um, or not tease, but like, go, she could beat it with a 450. Where she goes to 450, Sasha gets the knees up, she goes mm-hmm. up again, and in my and mind, she hits, it the she hits it the second time. In my mind, I was like, they're kicking out. I knew they were like, she's going to hit it this time and kick out. And sure, they kicked out. That was great storytelling. It's like, we're take, we're rationing this up to another level. Like, once you build that, like, she has to get the knees up to avoid the thing, you know that, like, that could very well end the match. That was, that was expertly done. It's a great Sasha Banks match. I, I think it's, it's, it's my, I think it's the second best Sasha Banks match that I've ever seen. Um, I hold the, the Bailey and Sasha match from Brooklyn in a super high regard, especially because of that finish. That finish is like one of the best finishes I've ever seen in wrestling. But um and I also love the the arm work. Um but yeah, I just this was a great match in like we're off to the race with Bianca. They may have not done well with her uh before, absolutely have not, but they after a match like that you got a new lease on life. You really do. Um and who knows what they do in the future, but like <laughs> if they screw it up, they screwed it up because they, they did everything they could to, to go out there and, and show you like, this is a star. This is the future. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why this, this pay-per-view, as you mentioned uh, beforehand, like it feels like fresher because like, you know, with her, with Rhea, with Bobby, with, um, you know, getting, getting Miz in, I'm sorry, not Miz, but getting, Edge, Daniel Bryan, and like Shane out of there in a way, like it, like it's more like turning over the core. Like maybe you know Daniel Bryan's always gonna be a staple, but like it seems fresh without having like the slog of like Triple H and Undertaker and Shane and and you know whoever else show up, Brock. So yeah, this is definitely um at the end of night one, I was like this is this is this is a really good show. This is like the best WrestleMania in just at least like thirty one, thirty one, at least yeah. thirty one. So. Um, that night. So then, it's time for night two. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I hope they have proper opponents lined up for her. 
or else, you know, we've seen this movie before. So pr- please give her proper opponents. Please don't like, don't fuck it up. Yeah, like you, like you, you got a chance. Like, this is this is your first start that you that you've, you know, have submitted post. Um, or woman star that you submitted post Oscar in Horsewoman. So like, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. It's only yeah. you now. I mean, obviously they're gonna obviously they're gonna fuck it up because they fucked it up with all four of the Horsewomen. But you might point like or three of the four Horsewomen at different points. But it's like you have her up and running. Like there's gonna be goodwill extended towards her for forever. Don't fucking abuse that. So um, yeah, let's let's move on to night one. <laughs> Ready or. <laughs> Versus Randy Orton the versus the fiend. Randy like, Orton in the in the white gear liked it. Yeah, I and that's I about all I liked. I liked it, and then he came down to the ring, and it was I felt like it was literally the slowest he ever rocked down for any WrestleMania interest, and I was like, he's doing this on purpose, this asshole. I love it. So, you know, I I skipped that part. Uh, oh, like his interest, his interest might have been like five minutes. It might have been five minutes long. Glad maybe, I glad I watched it the next day. I maybe I maybe I'm exaggerating, but like I guarantee you, it's only the three minutes. I guarantee you, it's only the three minutes. Um, so they were just hitting loop on the voices <laughs> song. So, uh, yeah, like I saw the you know I saw the white gear and I thought to myself, oh god, he's going to do the 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 goo thing and like it's gonna get on the white gear and it's gonna be similar to like you wear white gear with your blade or bleed or whatever else, but it didn't happen. Fiend, I'm oh, sorry, Alexa comes down, there's a box, I'm sorry, as Michael Cole calls it, a box-like structure down, against, hang, just up against the ring, I don't know who, I don't know why the ref ain't saying get this, a, get this a fuck away from the ring, whatever, it's a jack-in-the-box, she, she, uh, Alexa spins the box, or twirl, or spins, pulls the lever over and over and over, up comes Bray Wyatt through the top of it, I'm looking at it, I was like, is he going to get down? I was like, oh, let me guess. He's going to jump off onto Randy Orton. Sure enough, jumps off the Randy Orton. The red light is back, everybody. Um, they end up outside the ring, end up back inside the ring. Like Randy Orton hits like three different uh, draping DDTs. Um, I, I don't know. There was a spot where uh, I think there was a back suplex by Orton. And then it was funny because, you know, we've been talking about this with Edge and um, talking about people like eating suplexes and just not selling it, and then the conversation I had with Josh about like, and we ultimately came to the conclusion that like, if you delayed sell, that's still selling. And we and the ultimate is like, well, so he's only talking about like a very small percentage of people. He hits Orton, Orton hits uh, the Fiend with one of those back suplexes, and he just rolls and gets right the fuck up. Not a scratch, unscathed. Nothing hurts me. Then. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Alexa Bliss shows up on top of the Jack in the Box um, with a crown on her head. There's goo that's pouring from the crown as actual, you know, obvious prop, uh, prop um, practical effect. She sticks her, she her hand out. The Miz is fucking. I'm sorry. Uh, the Fiend is is distracted by her his own fucking. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, manager valet. Orton turns around. I think he hits the RKO and gets the win or something. Orton wins, gets the fuck out of there, and then like we never see the box or the or the fiend or Alexa again for the rest of the night. It was just like, what the fuck is this? So Alexa squirted goo and like 
Bray like looked and even he a demon devil fire burnt person cannot escape the distraction finish um this is the crystallization if it hadn't been clear already that bray wyatt and randy orton is the worst pairing in wwe history not one but two all-time bottom of the barrel wrestlemania matches to go with everything else they've ever done with each other and i'm talking the fight in the abandoned the house i'm talking house of horrors them, match, yeah. yeah the house of horrors match the uh the black goo, the fucking, um, the, the fire burns match, like get them the fuck away from each other. Get Bray Wyatt off of my screen, fire him. Like I, I get no enjoyment out of this. This is completely embarrassing. When you, when someone walks in the room, this is the absolute zero of of wrestling. This is bullshit like this is um and and like i said i'm not trying to be like too negative about a a lot of things here but this like none of this stuff means anything it's not some overarching story it's not creative it's just shit that's happening it's trash bray wyatt debuted on the main roster at SummerSlam 2013 um from that point to now, he has yet to pay off any major thing he has ever teased or hinted at. Small things, sure. Major things, not one. He is, as I figured it out and I was correct on, I take a victory lap on. Immediately. Almost out the gate. He is a J.J. Abrams mystery box motherfucker. He gives you stuff for you to think is leading somewhere, and then instead of ever giving you answers, he gives you more fucking questions, or he gives you the next question, and you idiots. I'm sorry. I normally don't do insults, but you fucking morons, and I'm really talking about the fiend avatars. You you goddamn goofballs have fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker for the last 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, for, for going on seven and a half years. Stop it. He doesn't have, he has, for every good match he's ever had, he has four shitty ones. Like, all time terrible. Like, and if I'm, and if I'm, like, fuck hyper- off matches. And if I'm being hyperbolic, I'm sorry. I mean, he has, Three shitty matches for every good match he ever he's ever had. He is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. I'm sorry, like he is absolutely an, a a one of the best talkers of this generation. He absolutely is, but the stuff he is talking about and delivering is bullshit and nonsense, and has no payoff. It has Look. no destination, and 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 it's nonsense. It's been that case for years. And I think for a lot of people, um, especially even like the WWE apologies, like it's becoming more, like you said, crystallizing. It's it's over with, bro. The Fiend has not been intriguing since the Hell in a Cell in 2019. That was 18 months ago when they had a fucking ref stoppage in the Hell in a Cell match and then they got mad at us. He ruined Seth Rollins. He, he put the nail in the coffin on, baby, on Seth Rollins' baby face possibly ever again. And now he's doing 
this as a thing now. The the team leader, fake, yeah. fake guy, whatever he is. Like I don't know. Like he has left Seth Rollins in the mud. He has hurt literally everybody except for the absolute Teflon like Daniel Bryan in the mud over the last two, uh, almost two years. Remember now. what he did to the Miz. He. He teased and threatened Mrs. Daughter. And then Miz showed up to TLC 2019 by coming down to the ramp and hitting his fucking pose. And I said, fuck this. And I left it from left from Tampa at Jeremy and Josh's, which is what a 20 minute drive from or uh, roughly 20 minute drive from my shit and drove home and said, fuck it. I'm good. Like Bro. he breaks everybody. Like- he breaks all conventions of, of common sense or, or 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 a to B storytelling. It's just bad. It's just bad. Just be, it's, it's just doing great- shit. Jay-Z once said, just because you don't understand him, don't mean that he nice. Like <laughs> that, that's how I always feel about Bray Wyatt. Right. Remember when it was like people were saying, like, oh well, he's fundamentally changing everybody in, in this and the third. It's like, well, how about it now? Randy Orton's still fucking Randy Orton. Right. Right. What what did he change about Orton? His if, his ring gear. If you <laughs> come out here and you like this is a lesson to be learned. If something sucks off rip in WWE, chances probably are one out of probably nineteen out of twenty times in the future is also going to suck. So if you come out here and you say, "Well, like Rance, when Rance got ki- got screwed over by Vince, General Mahal's story is that he has illusions of grandeur, and the and the uh, Singh brothers save him." And that's why you can talk about that shit until he comes out here and he beats Jen- or he beats Shinsuke Nakamura clean in the fucking middle with his move. <laughs> if you come up with something to explain their bad storytelling, they will eventually embarrass you. Yeah, man. Um, I yeah, a horrible match. Yeah, a a an absolutely absurd visual and. I when I looked out, last night, I, I hope we never see them again. Together, absolutely, absolutely. And I want, I like. I said um, last night that I never want to see uh, Roman Reigns and Brock, or not Braun, but uh, Brock Lesnar share screen time ever again. I'm putting Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton higher on that list. I never want to see these two people interact with each other ever a fucking in life. Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to see like when when they're going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I I still don't want to see them on camera together. <laughs> like no, like <laughs> fuck out of so, here. Like, <laughs> like y'all can't, like y'all can't sit like one row in front of each other, bro. You can't. Right. Y'all got to sit on opposite sides of the building. <laughs> so, oh man. So, um, yeah. Next match. Uh. The women's tag team title match between uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus uh, Tamina and Natalya. Um, you know what? It, it, it wasn't as bad as one would think it would be on paper. It was a lot better than I thought it was. I thought that um, Tamina as his babyface powerhouse was surprising and the crowd took to her in a way that I was not expecting. 
Um, I thought this match was laid out in a way to where uh, Tamina kind of more or less had the ma- one of the better matches of her entire career that I've ever seen. Um, but ultimately, this match was only had anything going for her when Shayna was in. Um, I thought Shayna and Natalya, uh, their ki- they had good chemistry. I th- I think that also helps when like Shayna just like, hey, I'm just gonna hit you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna knee you. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Um. And, you know, there was a lot, I, I, I thought that, you know, very similar to most of the stuff with this Nia and Shayna uh, tag team. When Shayna's in, it it works pretty well. When Nia's in, it doesn't really work. Um, There's no, I don't, I don't think there's any way to talk about their match without discussing that part. Um, Yeah, um. I'm trying to think. Uh, I forgot how. I forgot what the finish was. I I, I forgot. Um, so Natty put the wrong person in the sharpshooter. That's right. That's blind right. tag. Cure food clutch. It wasn't blind tag. That's right. Natalia is looking dead at Shayna. I'm sorry, dead at Naya. Right? Who's who was the person she put the sharpshooter on? I'm pretty sure it was Naya. She put it on Naya. She's looking dead at Naya. Shayna is behind Naya. Shayna. Blind tags Naya, and by blind tag, I mean blind for Naya, not for Natalia, who's staring dead at Shayna, and also sees the ref clap saying, tag! Meaning your tag was just made. She attacks Naya, tries to put her in a um a, a sharpshooter. I'm pretty sure Shayna just kneed her and then put her to sleep, right? I think she just jumped on her back. Yeah, okay, she jumped on her back with a careful clutch and choked her out. Yeah, and yeah. that was the end of the match. I, it, it, like, very similar, very similar, or not very similar, but, like, similar in fashion to the thing that made me just, like, hate or um, dislike the um, Young Bucks versus um, Jericho and MJF match where it's like, these, these wrestlers do not have a 10 degree or 15 degrees field of vision. Like... <laughs> This is bullshit. Like, if you... I want y'all at home to put your thumbs in front of your ears. And I want to see... I want I want to see how that narrows your field of vision. That is the... That is the most I can suspend my disbelief that a person can't see around them. Even though I know they have the same peripheral vision that I do. These people don't have football helmets on. And they, can, they should still be able to see this shit. Right. It, it it drives me nuts. But whatever. That was the finish. It was better than it had any right to be, but it was still at best I Next match after that. Um yeah, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. They showed a video package and basically like um it's almost like a weird take on like the Bret Hart 97 Hill turn where like every like he complains about everything, but instead of like being rightfully screwed over, it's like this dude says it's a conspiracy, and I don't mean like our true conspiracy. It's just like he's just whining and bitching and moaning, and Kevin Owens like stop bitching and moaning. And then he brings you know in- what I I, I I saw someone summarize this as like a guy who seen his best friend go nuts like on some QAnon shit. <laughs> like that's what this is. was stolen bro no it wasn't what the fuck is wrong yes. with you 
Yep. <laughs> That's excellent. So, yeah, like, he's going nuts. And Kevin was like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, and, you know, it also it also helps that, like, Sammy has, like, on purpose, obviously, letting his hair grow, letting the beard grow out. He looks more disheveled and, and more and less groomed. It looks more like... Bro, if I was, if, if I was Sammy Zane, I wouldn't have showered the night before, like, j- j- just to get the effect over. Hey, look, he, he, look he may not have. Look, they he may not have. They don't smell you on TV. Like, I... Um, I, a lot of um, funny quotes have been floating around over the like rap famous rap quotes or behind the scenes quotes have been floating around, especially DMX. But I saw one where uh, someone asked Pimp C why uh, when they were filming yeah, uh, I saw, I saw in Miami that. why they were filming uh, the video for Big Pimp and why that man had that 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 chinchilla on. He was like, "It don't get cold." It, it uh, they said like it's Miami, whatever. It's like there ain't no weather on TV, man. Like look, <laughs> <laughs> look, like. You can't smell Sammy Zane if he actually was out here stanking. So don't even bother doing that. Just wash your ass. <laughs> Just wash your ass, Sammy. But yeah, man. Um, they they went in there. Um, also, you had the Logan Paul thing where Logan Paul was going to, um, uh, you know, take Sammy's uh, video or movie seriously. It's like a documentary. Documentary. Uh, very. It's almost like they're making fun of Michael Moore as well, um, mm-hmm. as far as conspira- conspiratorial stuff. Um, anyway, um, match, Matt, this is a very good match. Um, it, it reminds me very much like I was talking about all the parallels between like the Ray and Eddie stuff and, um, this It's like in, uh, they had a very good, enjoyable match. Like it, it is not their best match in WWE. I still think it's, um, honestly, it's still like the, the takeover stuff and also the, um, their battleground 2016 match. But, um, it had, you know, it, it gave you a lot of the stuff you expected out of them. They did crazy shit. Like, there was a suplex on onto the apron from Ke- Kevin Owens. I'm like, bro, you're, bro, <laughs> you're already made. You ain't got to do this no more, Kevin. And why are you always jumping off shit or getting suplexed or something crazy? Um, but yeah, like, ultimately, uh, at the end, Kevin Owens ends up winning. Um, it, was a really, it was a really fun match. Um, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But um, at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. <laughs> the po- the post match, or actually, yeah, that, you had any order thought uh, thoughts on anything you, you just liked it or or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was just um, I I think they came out of the gates like they were like, yeah, man, uh, y'all y'all got less than ten minutes, so they yeah. just you know let let it fly. Yeah. Um. So after the match, um, Logan Paul is ignoring Sami Zayn to put over Kevin Owens. He raises Kevin Owens' arm. Um, hand, you know, arm of victory. Uh, Kevin Owens looking at their arm, and then the crowd is like, "Give it to Logan Paul." Because obviously the crowd was already booing Logan Paul because he is a um, divisive fixture uh, or divisive uh, fixture of the internet. Uh, to yep. uh, he's also a fixture too. Like he's actually like he's big time. He's not just a figure, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like the crowd is saying like. Boot, you know, they're booing him, and then like Kevin Owens took his arm, look at the crowd, and they're like, "Oh, he's about to stun this man." And sure enough, he he, he boots him. He pretends like he's gonna hug him. He boots this man or give him a high five. Boots this man, gives him a stunner. Logan Paul sells that shit like a snapmare. That shit was fan fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that man flopped like a damn fish. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed the match as I said, but um. Yeah, next match after that, you end up getting Sheamus versus Riddle in um, a match that you really... That, a match that, like, 
it's very much unlike most, ma- pretty much any match you ever see on WrestleMania. Like, Sheamus and Riddle basically had, like, the match you expect to see from them if they were both on in, in NXT or, like, in New Japan. They beat the shot of each other. Hard strikes, hard chops, uh, knees, um, elbows at different points, clubs and forearms. Um, I had a blast watching this match. Yeah, um, hilarious segment with Riddle and the Great Holly oh, and yes. Rob Van Dam yeah. ahead of this. Uh, Rob Van Dam has his own rolling papers. I did not know this. Um, Makes sense, though. Yeah, I can't think of something that's much more on brand. <laughs> Gives Riddle the rolling papers. Uh, I'm all for RVD being Riddle's like spiritual godfather. Um, oh my god! <laughs> you know he goes to see him, and they you know they solve Riddle's problems over some weed. Um, but yeah, uh, Seamus and Riddle, uh, as we mentioned, Seamus has been on a tear uh, of late, and. I don't know. Maybe they're going to live Riddle to a higher position. Could be. Um, yeah, so one thing I want to note about this match is uh, I remember years ago, Seth Rollins talked about um, his match with Orton at WrestleMania 31, how he came to him about the idea of doing the, the curb stomp to the RKO, and Orton was like, man, I don't know. You know, Orton ain't trying to fuck him. Nothing in his matches. So... Um, and he, I think he said on, on like the day of, he was like, man, screw it, let's do it. And that's why, like, when he did it, that's why Orton lost his shit when it worked. Um, Seamus, I don't know what's gotten to him this year, um, but I've enjoyed it. But the spot he tried to do with, with Riddle, where he tried to give him a white noise when he was on the outside, he's basically on the second rope on the outside facing in, and he tried to basically do one step up on the top rope and then basically get both feet and then drop in. He never thinks of trying no shit like that like five years ago. He It's not even something he's even considering. It's almost like he's got a new, new lease on life since like coming back from the next thing. Like he's like, he's emptying the gun, Seamus seemingly, and whatever opportunities he's getting. So, um, yeah, like if that, if that shit had worked... I think we're talking about an actual four-star match. It, it would have got the full four. It just didn't quite get there because, obviously, it only went 11 minutes. But, yeah, man, that was a really fun match. Um, Another solid match that yeah. just, like, sticks to the ribs of the show. Yeah. Um, finish comes on, you know, Riddle after doing, like, uh, um, his his Broton, the flip uh, Senton. He hits the ropes and comes off the ropes trying to go for a moonsaulting something. But... Too too bad. Seamus hits that man with a bro kick in the face as he's uh as he's spinning midair, very similar to the ricochet um Adam Cole spot that, that he had done a few times. Um it was a killer finish. Uh so yeah, um I thought I, I really enjoyed the match. Um next match after that, uh Paula Cruz versus Big E in a Nigerian drum fight. Rich, what do you think the Nigerian drum fight was going to be before it happened? I thought it was going to be challenge day. Oh, my God. I thought they were going to be people playing the drums outside. I thought they were going to be elders uh, around. I thought they were going to close ranks and and, sh- and shrink down the size of the ring towards the waterfall. That's what you thought was going to happen? Sure. Why not? Have them fight on the boat. Oh, my God. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, no, okay, okay. You meant like the pirate boat. I was thinking yeah. you talking about another type of ship, and I'm no, like, wait, no, what? Sir. 
<laughs> no, sir. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I almost, okay. Okay. So. Well, uh, you know, Ho- is, you know, Hogan was there. Oh my god. So this match was really short because they actually had the the the, the, the run in and the finish or whatever else that was nonsense, but whatever. Um. Hey, we I, were right. <laughs> what did we predict this? Yes. Someone's gonna run in and fuck him. Nah, we just said Apollo was gonna win. Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, Apollo, great gear. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that spot he took where he took the the Biggie Uranagate, and normally where he sent somebody um, to the floor, um, or in combination where like um, some or Xavier was run in and basically uh, catch him with uh, like the double knees on the back. I guess the Uso. It was actually urinating him off the apron onto the bottom half of the still steps. That looked gruesome. He landed on his shoulder. I'm surprised. He's lucky nothing popped out. Um, but yeah, um, he's a champion now, Intercontinental Champion. He has a character. He's one of the most improved promos um, of the year. He's got a heater. He, he has a heater. Um, he could do pretty much anything athletically you can, uh, you can think of as a wrestler. And now he has his promo. Obviously, you know, there's going to be questions about. Um, her concerns for you know his future, his future trajectory because of his height, but whatever, everything that he can control, he he's he's doing the best you could possibly ask him someone to do. Um, so it's up to them to figure it figure it out now because he you can't say he's not a character, you can't say he's he's not a promo. He has everything you can ask a guy except for height. Yeah, um, I thought it was okay. This match maybe Biggie it was, gets it was like elevated. a six minute match, whatever. Yeah. They, they didn't really. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, the angle was more important than the actual match. Yeah, um, and they. Um, I, I don't think... know. I don't know what you do with with, uh, <laughs> with Generalissimo uh, Babatunde though, or Generalissimo. Uh, what's his name? Baba, I'm sorry, Dabakane though. Dabakane, we know his name? I, I think his name. He's going to go by Commander Aziz. Yeah, they're taking are they this shit to, Are they really the trying to play there. us like we didn't see this yes. same dude on yes. Raw Underground just months ago? James, they acted like they had no idea who it is on the broadcast. Like, I hate that shit. Like, that's like um, Ricky the ago. Dragon Steamboat coming back. He's not Ricky Steamboat. He's the dragon. dragon, you know. Uh, whatever, man. Whatever. It's just the blatant like airbrushing of like, come on, man. It's not even airbrushing. It's like it's an insult to our intelligence. It's like, bro, like we remember this, and it's like it's not even like we watch the show every single week, but we remember this. How the fuck can't y'all? Yeah. Or why the fuck can't y'all? It's wild. Anywho, um, Raw Women's Title Match. Uh, Oscar versus Rhea Ripley. Um, I thought it was a good match. It's nothing to write home about. It's like a three star, three and a quarter type deal. Probably most likely just three flat. Um, I, I like some of the stuff they did. Uh, I thought the DDT off the apron uh, where Oscar DDT's Rhea was um, was wild. I, you know, um, I think even a better match, uh, uh, it would have set it off. But I think given the card, given the placement. Like I feel like this has been better off as an opener than like, I feel like they they should have swapped this with uh, what happened uh, with Randy Orton and the Fiend. But then again, you might just kill your main event if you do that. So um, who knows? But yeah, sometimes you gotta sacrifice some shit if you don't want to book right. If you don't want to build your cards correctly. Um, 
But yeah, yeah um, man. it just it just it was a good match, but it was nothing special. Um, yeah, I think Rhea and Oscar. I'm quite. I'm I'm disappointed. They had a worse. They had a worse match tonight on Raw. People were saying, and like Rhea was like botching a bunch of stuff. Like it wasn't a good night. So that's crazy. I just um, saw, I just saw Rhea carry a <laughs> Raquel to like a damn near four and a half star match. Like what is that? Uh. Was that a uh, New Year's Evil? Yeah, New Year's Evil. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that's crazy that like that's happening with Oscar of all people. It, it's almost like it was a thrown together exhibition match that had no build that just kind of came out of nowhere, and it was almost. wrestled like yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was wrestled like it, and it was just kind of you know it was cool like it, it, but it wasn't. It was just you know, a good match. Yeah, it was just kind of there. Um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put the belt on Rhea Ripley. Uh, immediately, just because it's like, it's, I think it's too much too soon um, for her. Um, we'll see where it goes, but Charlotte's already back. So. I think that division is so depleted that it's like, who cares? Like, she, if you're going to turn her heel, why she need to chase? Heels don't chase. Well, um, Raquel Gonzalez did. I wouldn't say it was necessarily a chase. I'd say that was a build-up to give her credibility to where, like, she goes from a nobody to somebody that is is dominant, and then she gets her shot, and she wins. Um, I mean, I guess you could say that's a chase in a way, but, like, at this point, it's like, Raquel was on WrestleMania last year in the best reg- regular rules match last year. Like, she, you know, she finished second in the Rumble. It's like, if you don't know who the fuck she is now... Like I, I mean, I don't know. Like, will we, who you rather? Given that the Charlotte thing got scrapped and the Lacey Evans things also got scrapped, it's like if those two aren't it, who else is I supposed to face on the Raw side? That bomb out deplete division. I mean, you could have done. I mean, you could have done Naomi, but then you wanted them. You would have. I mean, you could have done that, but it's like they don't care about Naomi that way. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Seems like you know that 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 I don't know their their depth is really weird on Raw. They're going to need the superstar shakeup badly. Like Bailey's going to need to come over here badly. And like you think you think you think that uh, SmackDown can afford to lose Bailey when she carries the industry? <laughs> See, as they have Bianca Belair now, yes. Um. So yeah, main event. Um, triple threat match for the Universal title. Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. You see that video package and you think that this was like this very well done thing. And like, nah, it wasn't. Um, and I mean, you can say that for a lot of the video packages, but like, I really like the video package for this. Um, all three of them had characters. All three of them seemed to have clarity on their roles and where they fit in. Um, you could see... Um, Maybe not why Daniel Bryan hates those other two, but you could definitely see why the other two hate, uh, why why Edge hates Roman Reigns and what he stands for and hates Daniel Bryan. You could definitely see why Roman Reigns hates Daniel Bryan and hates Edge. Um, and, you know, they had the match. I, I, I like the touch of it's a triple threat match. It means no DQ. So bring Jey Uso the fuck down now and get him the fuck out of here so we can have a match for a little bit before you bring him back to eventually fuck us again. So that was cool. 
Um, at least they didn't have him just like, oh, he's going to run in after it's like, well, then why the fuck didn't he just come in at the beginning? Like, <laughs> it's no DQ. So at least, you know, you can't even hold that against him. Like, they immediately, he immediately went to cheating straight off the rip. Like, on some, like, on the, some of the baby shit. Like, straight off the rip, we're going to cheat. Like, screw it. Uh, I honestly thought, like, halfway through the match, after the, uh, Edge had DDT'd, um, Jay on the bottom half of some still steps and they carted him off. I thought that that was when that was when Jimmy was gonna come in. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> like, because we don't really see Jimmy that much no more. So it's like, right. okay, now you know here's the other other part of the of the Samoan coalition coming in to fuck up everybody. Um, but yeah, like really fun match. I thought they did a good job of explaining and detailing why uh, one person is dropping out of the match. At certain points, to then um, just be a two-on-two at certain parts of the floor or in the ring. At certain points, like they did a good job of like somebody got hit with a pretty big move, so that person is really going to be down for a while, as opposed to oh, they got basically like drop kicked and rolled out the ring. <laughs> um, uh, I Daniel Bryan getting um, power bombed <laughs> off the bottom half of the still says from from Roman Reigns into the table. Uh, that was kind of scary. I thought he was going to hit his head on the uh, on the floor on the way down, uh, but it looked cool. Um, I I really like the you know Edge gets the part of the of the steel chair uh, gets a bar off the steel chair, wraps it around for a cross face. Daniel Bryan slaps him on the other arm, slaps on the yes lock. Um, Roman Reigns is just he's dead to rights, and there. Daniel Bryan and Edge are arguing over who's getting going to actually get the tap or if it's, or what's going to happen, and they start headbutting each other, and that's how they, they get out of it. I, I I really I really enjoyed a lot of stuff in this match. I really did. Um, the finish, um, with the concerto stuff. Uh, uh, I I don't like the idea of killing people to have to win matches. But then again, like you know, like Tam Nakano did just drop Julie on her fucking head with a starting screwdriver. Um, I, but I, I think maybe it's a chair thing that for me that's kind of like you gotta go, you gotta go to those lengths to get these people out of here. You gotta like chair. You have to like because think about it, like a concerto. Impale a bitch. Impale a, a, a concerto, like that should like end your career, right? Like that should like if this was I don't want to do if this is real because obviously fucking not. But it's like. Concerto is supposed to be like some shit that's supposed to take you off TV for like at least a month with to the hospital and some shit, right? Like the baby face here was go away. Like you know when we talk about pulmonization, like that's one of them injuries where like you're supposed to be away for a while now, mm-hmm. and like to get that back to back just to just for a pin move, I was like, I'm okay with him pinning both, stacking them up and pinning both. I don't give a fuck, but because like I thought they were both weak challengers. Um, and I quite frankly think they need to be, he needs to be taken down by like some new encompassing ass kicking coming in, like a new baby face. Hell, they, they, but, they, 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 I think they're even weaker now. They got, they got hold, I think. Well, and, I, um, they don't need to be challenging no more. Like, like, and it, it, this is exactly what I was saying. Like, they put Edge in there as someone originally, the Roman Reigns Edge match. This was not for no Edge, like, no. Uh, reclamation. This is so like they can keep the belt on Roman Reigns longer, and right. they don't have to actually beat someone that they may put in front of him. But as as I'm as the title reign is going on more, I'm coming around to the side. There of, is like, nobody. There is nobody. Right. right. And, and, and it's like this is the like this is what they wanted. They wanted like 
it's like I always keep saying, it's every Roman Reigns push it's ever been, but now they can just kind of be natural with it. But I think the stacking them up on each other was a bit heavy handed. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like I. Okay. So I I think maybe that's the reason why I don't really care about what they do with the bodies after they're both been murdered. Like, that's kind of my thing. Like the concerto thing is like, I think after two people get chair-toed, like, I don't give a fuck if he put him in 69. Look, if he had put him in 69 position, like, on some uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis shit, and then pinned him that way, I wouldn't care. They're dead bodies. Like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? They're dead. What are they supposed to do, kick out? What are they supposed to do, fight for themselves? They're dead. They're murdered. So, like, whatever. Like, I think, I, I get what you're saying about the visual. Like, you think you may, I, and then, you know, may, may harken back to Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man or whatever else, but it's like, Ultimate Warrior didn't murder a motherfucker with a concerto. <laughs> if he did, he could do whatever he wanted to. He could have sucked his foot up uh, uh, Randy Orton, or Randy Orton, Randy Savage's ass to pin him if he wanted to. It's over. So, for me, I was like, whatever. Like, he, they, they they murdered these two dudes and pinned them. So, whatever. Like, I, I thought it was kind of funny, to be quite frankly, to be frank with you. But, like, because I didn't think either one of them should have beat him. Um, like you said, like, there is no, there probably is no baby face to, to come along to actually top him eventually, unless it's probably true. Well, so we'll see. Um, if Drew isn't, I'm on SmackDown. I'm gonna start asking questions of who actually is the plan for um, four months from now at SummerSlam, for um, later in the year, for potentially the World Rumble, for potentially WrestleMania, whatever else. Because like, there ain't that many answers. It seems like, like if you want to tell me it's Big E, if you want to tell me it's Cesaro, if you want to tell me it's Jay Uso, if you want to tell me it's um, Keith Lee, I'm not holding my breath on that. I believe if like Drew is the only person I think like they would ever that or not ever, but like the only person I think like right now like I would even think that Vince would even have any inkling of yeah I can see them setting that up I can see that because obviously they did it in November. But any of these other dudes right now, I gotta see I gotta see it before it even happens. I'm not seeing for happens. I have to see it before I can even believe it. Yeah, they um. They put Roman Reigns over really strong yeah. um, in this. And um, I thought it was a great match. Um, some of the triple threat stuff was like mildly annoying, but I mean, it is what it is on that. I was happy to see Daniel Bryan get another uh, main event. Stole and one. Say, <laughs> Stole one. Get it how you live. <laughs> um, this is back pay. Like, it yeah, should have been yeah. It should have been in the main event of WrestleMania 31, and part, but and whatever. part wise, like, this isn't 2014 no more. Like, I think the people that thought he was going to get oh, can, can, can we? I was, I was going to say, can we talk about uh, you know, yeah, let, the yeah, uh, yeah. Let me just give this my stuff. These reactions. I think the people that thought that like he was going to get booed or, or just like Roman Reigns in an alternate that fucking have, like that have, in an alternate like, reality and have yeah. PTSD. I don't even know if PTSD as much as it is like they have an inferior com- uh, inferiority complex when it comes to Daniel Bryan. Uh, because their guys Roman Reigns and most people be- got that boot shot Roman Reigns wanted Daniel Bryan instead, so there'll always be a thing where they'll never like them. So it is they'll never really like him when, especially when they ever pair together. Like especially Craig Parker's like a lot of them actually like Daniel Bryan until he's in anything with with Roman Reigns and they don't know how to act anymore. It's weird. Yeah. Like I've seen some of them call call Daniel Bryan the goat. And not and not like you know the Billy Goat thing like thinking that, like he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and, and but until he wrestled that damn Roman Reigns and this flips gets script or, or the script gets flipped yeah. it's really weird but 
Um, I, I thought it was very interesting that we got that that focused part of like the you, Roman you suck or the you suck shit to, to Roman. And it was like all y'all that thought Roman Reigns is gonna come out here and get cheered and shit. It was like nah, nah these boos as strong as they've ever been. Like nah, the like, vitriol is still there. Like and that's the thing that I don't get is like y'all wanted him to get cheered. It's like but he's the hill now. Y'all wanted to be y'all wanted to be like reverse overpowered both like, ways no. like yep. it's, it's look like no that's not how this works like if he ever turns face again i think it will work and he will get cheered but right now he's a he's the he's the dastardly person that lords over the title and beats the shit out of people left and right and cheats in every single one of his fucking big matches every and also never has these has regular rules matches really anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's always some death match or a triple well, threat match or or, or, or last a, man standing a special guest or enforcer that comes out to hit a bitch with a chair right yeah that's true oh man um but yeah um i thought it was a great match it's one of roman's better matches um yeah i i thought i really enjoyed it um i don't let me think I like this more than the Survivor or the SummerSlam 2017 triple or quad or uh, fatal four thing with Joe and Strowman and, and uh, Brock, but like people love that match, which is like whatever. It's like Brock like takes a powder again in a multi-person match. Like I've seen it before, but and the whatever. wrong person won. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, but I thought you know at least for a show that for that that Sunday show to, to more or less stink outside of three matches. I thought like they finished it with a great match. So I was I was like, all right, well I I like I don't hate this show, but I thought it was I as opposed I thought, to first night kicking his ass. I thought Edge looked good in this match. Uh, I had the yeah. white gear. Hey. Yes, his gear was raw and also you notice there was a lot less gray in, uh, in that beard and in that hair uh, compared to the past re- uh weeks and months. You notice that, right? Uh, I did not, but yeah, I, man, I, I noticed to, he grew man, the beard. That man went to a beautician, or he, or that man went on went to something that's over the counter to to go um, and anti age himself. Like he needs to cut the beard. Like, I, well, I don't know because like sometimes when he cuts he, the beard, I think it, he, he looks weird. I think he grew the beard out to make his face look less drawn in because of his age. Yeah. So I think that's what he did. Like, because that's the thing people were making, but like. He's so lean now that it's also on his face, and it makes him it makes him look his age, as opposed to when he grew the beard out, he looks puffier. Mm-hmm. So it hides the fact that he his face is actually really drawn in because there's more beard there. So yeah. I, I, he he did a lot of work. He did he did a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> Cosmetic uh, business. You know, Dan Bryan and Edge. I don't think they could show their face in these streets. Uh, <laughs> I had to get hold and stacked up like that. <laughs> they like, should be on TV for a month. They both got murdered. Like, y'all, yeah, y'all boys got to go on vacation. Yeah, like Daniel Bryan has a history of concussions, and that man just got chair to chair action. He was his brain was a scent was a was a chair sandwich, bro. Crazy. Um, yeah, I I was kind of shocked like the way they did that finish, but um, yeah, Roman Reigns rise again. Yeah. Um. So only what two? How many more years before he can uh, he can get uh, uh, um, Hogan out the record book? For main events, he needs three more, I believe. Well, well, all right. Well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we know what 39 is going to be. Possibly. Like you know, twenty. You know, 39 is going to be um, probably most likely going to be some rock thing in Hollywood. So, uh, or not Hollywood, but like Hollywood adjacent and, and um, 
the new Ram Stadium, so or in Eaglewood, so like pretty much I I don't know what it could be other than like Rock versus Roman. So that's what you're looking for. We're two years out from that, so I don't know what it goes. I don't know what's going to be twenty or thirty eight, but I haven't. I I feel like thirty nine is pretty much in the bag. <laughs> like if Rock come out here for next year and he's a, and he is the host of WrestleMania, you already know what it is. So, um, so yeah. But uh, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, let's yeah. oh, 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 let's do this speed round for Takeover um, or Stand and Deliver Nice One and Two. Um, I thought Night One was better. I thought both shows were great. I thought Night One was better. Um, Walter versus uh, Champa was incredible. Um, now you know we joked about, or you've made jokes about, like how why has uh, Champa like showed off the donut and stuff and and everything and that why man, it's so great. The man cut it and he went back to the regular ring gear. Like that right. man looked like he hopped in a time machine. He, yes, and he also shaved his chest. Like yeah. so, this wasn't just like. This was fully thought out because even when he, even you know 2018 Champa when he's a champion had chest hair. This man shaved the chest hair. He was he was like, I am going to come out here and like I'm not going to look 70, but I am going to come out here looking 55. Like that's <laughs> that's exactly what he went for. I'll be the most ripped up 55 year old you ever seen in your life. And boy, that was a great match, man. I loved it. Like just this violent, what everything you expect out of Walter match and. Just, you know, Ciampa re- recognized being smart, saying, like, I can't let this dude chop me to death. I'll get ate up. I'm going to work over his arm. I'm going to work over his hand. And Walter, like, ultimately, like, couldn't chop and do shit with his right hand for, for forever. So he had to start trying to fight with his left. And with his left is not nearly as strong. And Wal- and he start and Ciampa start eating Walter ass up. And then, like, <laughs> we get to the point where, like, Walter hits that man with a power bomb. Power bombs him again, stacks up on him. And um to pin him and and Champa has to kick and when he kicks out like his neck made this weird funky looking thing to kick out. Um and then like you know, like basically Walter gets up, stomps him on the neck and gets him up and chops him with the right arm right arm and puts him away and pins him. I thought it was a great match. Uh, I thought it was the best match I saw WrestleMania weekend. Um a WrestleMania week. Uh you got the the gauntlet match. Uh I thought that uh, Swerve was spectacular in that thing. It's unfortunate he didn't win, but you know it is what it is. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I mean they want Bronson Reed, and he put over Bronson Reed super strong. But I would have much rather seen Gargano versus uh, Swerve again than uh, Gargano versus Bronson Reed going 15 minutes because that second night, like Gargano was trying to have his match, and he is very much when we talk about like the Sasha Banks matches that don't work. It's like mm-hmm. I am not lowering this, this difficulty. I'm going to have my match. Either you keep up or it fucks up. I don't care because if it doesn't work out, I know I didn't fuck it up. And like Bronson Reed ran out of gas at certain points and or was doing spots and it looked very, very slow um, uh, in that match against Gargano. It was still a very good match, but it was well below what you expect out of Gargano on a, on a, a big show. Um, I'm jumping around a bit here. MSK, the MSK Logato and Griswold Veterans match was on night one, that was a very good tag team match. Saw that one, um, yeah. It it was basically just spot fest, except for the story of Legato's damn good. And basically, you hit your 
kill somebody out and kill and get them out of a match move. The other team will get the other Legato dude out, and then it'll come down to us after we were in the final of the of the uh, Dusty Cup, and MSK ended up winning. Um, I hated this spot where you know don't don't tap out, don't tap out, and you know someone's gonna tap out, but whatever. Eddie uh, uh, and MSK won. They were the right people to win. Um, EO versus Raquel. They gave Raquel everything this match. EO whooped her at, or basically just ran roughshod over her for like 75% of the match. It was basically like heat from, um, or sorry, shine from, uh, shine from the hill. But like Raquel was good early. EO took over and basically hit her with every big move underneath the sun and then hit the moonsault. And then Raquel kicked out the moonsault and they were like, oh, this how will change your hands. Um, I heard there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, Flair Luger energy on this. <laughs> oh, running around into somebody, bumping into somebody, kind of. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of diving around on the sp- in spots and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, it was you know gave her everything, kicked out of uh, Eo's protected move, and then Raquel ends up pinning her. Uh, I, you know, um, so this is probably like Raquel's third best match. Nah, second best match. It was better than um, I think it's better than. The first Raquel, the first uh, Rhea match, but um, at the same time, both all very good matches. Like she's a most improved candidate for Observer. I'm pretty sure she will be by the end of the year if this continues. Um, second night, Mission Gargano match. Um, the opening match with the um, the 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 cruiserweight belts. Very good ladder match, but like. It's tame compared to stuff you've seen in all these ladder matches now. Um, seen a lot of ladder matches. Yeah, like I, this is like some three and three quarters four star level stuff. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was very well done, but it's like you know, it's ladder matches. You kind of unless they're mo- like only thing that gets me in the ladder matches now at this point are like multiple, multiple person ladder matches, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then also you had Legato run out like. Two thirds down in the, or at the end of the match is like, well, why do you come out in the beginning? It's no DQ match, so whatever. Um, tag match for the uh, women's tag titles. It was an okay match. Um, EO, EO, um, Ember and Shotzi ended up retaining. Shotzi went for a dive, and it was very similar to that um, Mayu dive against Yoshiko, where she dives to a crowd of people uh, through the ropes, and no one grabs her, so she just her head just basically hits the <laughs> hits the fucking floor. Uh, that so it's like Shotzi, she you know. Every big match she's ever in, she almost dies in it. Um, her and Dakota both are just wishing to hurt themselves. Um, the cross and Balor match, I I, I loved it. Um, that's easily the best Balor or uh, cross match. I think the story going in is as far as Cross is going to blow a stack and he doesn't have the gas. He's too big and Balor the stamina monster. Monster, I thought it worked. Um, every. The, the twists and turns in the match were based off all that. It was well executed, everything. I, I like Balor killed it, and Cross was very good as well. Um, they also did the, the a callback to the O'Reilly stuff with the gut, with the liver shot um, from the spinning for the uh, spinning back kick. Um, really good match. Cross ended up winning after like going into deep water with uh, Balor and just ends up beating him. Better man. Um, and then the main event O'Reilly and Cole. If you. It reminds, me this of, one. it reminds me of it reminds me of the War Games match, a men's War Games match from, from last year. It's like if you have the stamina to watch this match and see all the crazy shit they do that goes on for 40 minutes and love it, cool. Um, I think it's a great match. How great? I don't know. But 
what I will say is once you escalate your, yourself to murder and it's an unsanctioned rules match, I need the ref to get the fuck out the way and say, no, you can't kill this guy. It's an unsanctioned match rule. It's an unsanctioned rule match. I can murder him and you can't say shit. Get the fuck out the way. So when um, he said that to Adam Cole, Adam Cole decked the ref and then hit, um, did whatever he's going to do to murder um, O'Reilly. And then he looks at the ref like, you're a piece of crap. Why are you on the ground? It's like, you just punched him out. That's why he's out. And then they continue wrestling. They do even more crazy shit than what was already done that made the ref say stop it. And then O'Reilly at the end stacks him onto the business end of a chair, um, grabs the chain that was in the that was used during the match, wraps it around his leg, and does his dropping knee drop onto his back and basically kills a- Adam Cole for the win. Um, I thought it was a great babyface win. Um, there was stuff that happened in this match. I was like... I, I I was I was waiting for you to see it because I remember you you know talking about the uh, Russell or uh, Takeover Twenty Five match between Cole and Gargano and saying you need a shotgun to to keep Johnny down you need a bazooka or or some shit to keep at or O'Reilly down because this was beyond what Gargano was doing in that match that shit was wild um, bro so like the match was so long I watched this match with Jeremy and mm-hmm. I woke up right at the finish I fell asleep twice during this match yeah, and man, it was like forty minutes. I was like, uh, I don't know if that's me or just being tired or, Bro, you know, having this match like, was great until that spot for me was great. And then that spot happened on the ref. And I, and I was like, and then literally like I was as much as I was in the match, I was like, I was on some, like, this may be, this is like the making of some five-star deal. Once he punched that ref, I said, I put my hands up on mine and said, fuck this match. And I sat there, I sat back with my arms crossed like this, watching this match. And then eventually the match, he kept going for like another 15 minutes and then, or maybe like 12 minutes or something. And then eventually it was almost like a restart and they did, it's almost like they did a second match after that rough Man. bump. And like, I got me into the match at the end, but I was like, I can't, I don't know what to say as far as it's how good this match is. Are people that think this match is a match of the year? There are people that think this match absolutely sucks. I, I think this is a great match, but like, I'm, I'm just basically like saying four and a half and wash my hands of it. I'll watch like it again the, someday, but I'm not doing, I'm not, I'm, I'm not finna sit through another match for 40 minutes. I have to watch all the rest of hand to watch this weekend. Plus, uh, watching, uh, the first round of start of the Stardom Cinderella tournament. Like what? I, I'll watch it sometime eventually. I thought it was a great match. I thought they did a bunch of crazy <laughs> shit, but like it, it went way too long. It, it had no business going. It was another one of those matches. Like we talked about with takeover where, I was going to say, like, the match, and it could be screwed up because you decide to go like 10 minutes too long. What I was going to say is, um, it has like, it feels like a lot of the similar vibe of the last Gargano Cole match when they did the weapons in the cage, like, where it was just Mm -hmm. way too much, way too long, Mm -hmm. way too kind of just, yeah, yeah, you know, um, the parts I saw, like, I, I don't know, it, it, I, I would have to probably watch the match again to give it a fair assessment. They just went too long. Like, I, I don't want to paint your perspective on it, but, like, it's absolutely a great match. How great is up to what you like out of wrestling and how you and what you're up against for time. Like, I remember um, watching uh, the main of the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, watching the um, the Bushi J. White match. Like, there's a kick out in that match that um, were. were Jay White kicks out of a um, Kamagoya, and I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. It's in the match right fucking there. Why do you need to go another 10 minutes? It's in the fucking match. <laughs> like, that's the peak. You're not going to pass it. 
And sure enough, that match continues to go and it doesn't pass that peak. And like, people got to know what their peak is. Like, yes, that's a great peak of him murdering him, jumping off the still steps or off the top rope with the chain. But it's like, there were three other things that could have ended this match and it would have been perfectly fine. No one, no one enough is enough and calling it quit. Like, you're already past 25 minutes, for fuck's sake. So, um... <laughs> like that's kind of where I am on it's like it's a great match hmm. I don't want to sit for 40 minutes watching the match I quite frankly want to sit for 30 minutes watching the match I don't have the patience for that right. shit anymore like unless you are some Okada um, unless you are some Okada um, Omega shit or you are some like Gargano Cole shit like nah and even the Gargano Cole shit uh, for a lot of people was too much but for me I loved it yeah, yeah. I'm. That's why I think I liked the Sasha and Bianca match uh, as much as I did because, like, in that 17 minutes, it was just like, yes. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like they gave me everything that I, that I was looking for, yeah. and it wasn't like just 10 more minutes of being unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, like, I, I still, both of those shows are. Um, both takeover shows are two of the better sh- best shows of the year. Um, I was looking at cage matches like between New Year's Evil, Vengeance Day, these two. Like they have like right now so far this year, like they have like four of the top ten or eight shows this year so far according to Cage Match. Um, as far as just the wrestling, like and you know that's what NXT is. It's a wrestling fucking gold mine. And last year it was kind of weird that like. They had the struggles, but like we're past that. So like I'm back. I'm happy seeing that like NXT is back to being the match factory that it had been um, in previous years. So I'm glad that's that's fixed up. But you know, new champions on both nights. I think it's the first takeover where both you get a new women's champion and a new men's champion. Um, the Raquel thing made all the sense in the world. They built her for a full year, um, more than a full year, like 13 months. Uh, Cross is getting back to where they wanted to do over the summer. Um, I'm, I'm more, I'm, we'll see what they do. Like, there's plenty of points for him to have good matches with between Dunn. Dunn's already teased a match with Cross, uh, and O'Reilly eventually, like, there, the, there's plenty of people in town, like, people for him to wrestle with, so, um, like, if you can have more matches, like, that Balor match, fine. It, fine. Um, but we'll see. Sounds good, man. Um, yeah, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, be sure to raise on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Also, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex merchandise. Um, also, uh, yeah, go to the Red Circle and hit us up with a donation, man. Um, we put in hard work. So, you know, if you so want to lay, lay that money down. Yeah, we appreciate what you're listening to. Go ahead and, um, do that. And hit us with some real money, not that Usher money. Not that yes, money. Yes, we, we do not we want do not the, the the big face us. We do we're we're not looking for that. You know, we yeah. we're not looking for the for the us card money. You yeah, know. we do not want no Raymond Bucks. Do not do that to us. Um yeah, and uh check out the other shows on the network. Um this show on Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, the Ricky Clyde Wrestling Podcast, Grumman Washes Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, 8 Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.